Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday morning MV Pro Call. Today is Thursday, August 12th, and I'd like to welcome those of you that are here live, as well as those of you listening to this via recording, which, of course, you can do by subscribing to Motor Vitality on whatever uh, podcast application you happen to use, or by going to MotorVitality.com, where you could listen to years and years and years worth of archives, if you so choose. Because who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want to take their time and sit down and listen to half-hour-long MV Pro calls for, you know, why binge-watch Netflix when you have the MV Pro call? It's what you could do. You, you could do it, like, on a new date. Like if you're you or your wife or partner, you say, hey, let's sit down and listen to MV Pro Calls. It could be very romantic. And that's my opinion. So um, anyway, if you so choose, you you can. So uh, good morning, everybody. And um, I had a couple of announcements, but now I can't think of what they are. But I, I do want to welcome everybody, and, and since I can't think of any announcements, I'll start the call off the way I do pretty much every week, which is by asking, um, are there, was there anything anybody learned this last week that you wish you had known before? Anything that happened that's worthy of sharing with other professionals across the country, or anything we can help you with? Any questions you might have? Kelly, do you want to discuss the... Um the MV Pro, I'm sorry, the Motor Vitality um, free shipping. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. For I was just that is true. We now are offering for all MV members um, on the Motor Vitality Marketplace. We are offering free shipping, and and that was the other announcement that I was going to have. So free shipping for everybody. We're we're doing the Amazon thing. If you're a Motor Vitality member, you now have free shipping on the MV Marketplace. Um, but also, I uh, wanted to also mention that we are, if you're looking at your certification um, and uh, you would like us to help you mentor or go through our guided course, we are going to be starting a new live course October 7th. October 7th um, is when we will be doing live courses for those. So. Um, if you're looking to get your certification, that uh, would be happy to help with that. Um, all right. So those were the announcements. Thank you, Jim. Um, so uh, anything anybody learned this last week? Anything to happen that's worthy of sharing or any questions that we have? Any, anybody have anything? If not, then let's jump into our topic a little bit. So one of the things that I Jen and I were talking about this the other day and we you know, Jose mentioned Vegas. We talked to a couple of people in Vegas and, and we've touched on this topic before in the past, but I wanted to kind of expand on it, spend a whole session kind of on this topic because I, I think it's a good way of breaking down the way we present. Okay, so I kind of wanted to break down a sales presentation a little bit and talk a little bit about how how to create uh, essentially a menu. Okay, so you know what happens a lot of times with salespeople. Excuse me a second. <clears throat> um, what happens a lot of times is they get so focused on 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 what they have to say. 
and I, this is a challenge for me in particular when I train people because I I tend to be technical sometimes, and I probably spend a lot more time being technical. And and what ends up happening are uh, customers rarely um, care about the technical part, and I I know that. I just end up going in for whatever reason, you know, especially when I'm teaching sales professionals the technical part. And sometimes even when I do a sales call, I, I get too technical. And, and a lot of times customers don't want that. But salespeople tend to to think that they need to be technical um, or that they're supposed to be technical. And so they get focused sometimes on so much on, and this is my fault as a trainer, as I've seen it, but it's not only been me. I've seen a lot of other salespeople that I haven't had anything to do with training do this, that they they get so focused on what they're supposed to say on the script, you know, on, on all the information that they're supposed to give the customer, that they they tend to spend more time going through that um, that presentation, through that script to make sure that they've given, that they've They've given all that information on there, um, and and they're not really listening to what the customer is telling them they want. So what I wanted to talk about today was how do we take a moment, yes, be aware of what we've learned and what we want to tell the customer, what we want to explain to the customer, but more importantly, give the customer time to tell us what they want. So Jen and I were talking about this, and and we've kind of talked about this on the call a few times, and I think in the past. But I wanted to wanted to kind of put it all together. You know, when you think about an experience that we all have, any any time you buy something from most people, you know, um, you as a consumer, you know, when you walk into a store to buy something they've got all the products separated in aisles okay and you choose which aisle most of us unless you're grocery shopping i suppose if you're grocery shopping you go up and down the aisles um you know picking what you need in the order but if you walk into you know a a a, a box store you know or a home depot or or something like that, you usually are not just walking up and down the aisles. They've got all of the aisles separated into the different categories, and you kind of have an idea of what you what you want on that aisle. They've got it narrowed down and organized into sections, okay? And you walk in, and you go to that section, and you look for that product, and it's got the prices right there, and you select which one you want and whether or not you want to pay for that product. It's right, it's right there. It's very easy. Um, when you go to a restaurant, they hand you a menu, and the, the salesperson comes to you, hands you a menu, and you open up the menu, and the menu is separated into usually three sections. You have appetizers, and you have uh, um, main course, and, and then you have desserts. And, and, you know, there are extras on there, like drinks and stuff like that, but but those are your main sections, you know, appetizers, main course, and, and dessert. And within each one of those main courses, you might have some some different options. You know, you, you, here's your salad selections, here's your chicken selections, there's your beef selections, your seafood selections. You know, here's they may have them further separated, just like in an aisle at Home Depot, 
they'll have plumbing, but then within plumbing, they'll have um, tools or fittings or, you know, pipes or, or whatever, the, maybe the bathroom or kitchen, you know, they'll have it separated, okay? But the thing is, we as consumers are used to walking in and being able to peruse the the products that we want to purchase and see the prices and to make a decision right there, okay? The salespeople at a Home Depot or the salesperson at a restaurant, which is the server, I mean, that's what they are, right? They're in sales. They're coming to you and they're selling you food. And, you know, that they are the face of that restaurant, the, the, the server. Um, they don't really have to sell anything because they're handing you this menu and we as consumers are, are telling them exactly what we want to buy. Okay, how do we, that, that's what customers are used to doing. So the question and what I wanted to discuss in this call is how do we make it to where our customers can feel comfortable doing that with us? You know, so when we walk into a home, we obviously don't have a menu. We've talked about this before. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if you just had, okay, here's the selections we offer. What do you want? I mean, that, that's, that would be all nice, except customers don't really understand exactly what they're looking at. You know, when you go in to a, um, to a restaurant, there are usually descriptions of the food or of the dish underneath. Um, you know, a lot of times our customers don't understand exactly what they're looking at. So handing them a menu that have selections on it might not work as well. Although I do think it could work some. It doesn't require a big description. So let me ask you this, and maybe we'll, we'll kind of put it out there for discussion a little bit. What, if we had a menu for our equipment, you know, for what we do in the home, what sections of that menu would we have, you guys? Let, let, let's start there. So um, if we were going to, you know, just like in it with a restaurant menu, you've got your, your um, appetizer, your main course, and your dessert, okay? What sections of our menu, if we, were gonna, if we had a menu we could hand the customers when we walked in, what sections would there be on that menu? Anybody? Are you still with me? You would you would have your your appetizer. You would have your soup. Um. Yep. You would have your your main course and your dessert. No, not on not on a restaurant menu. <laughs> not on a restaurant menu. Um. I'm saying if we could go into a customer's home and hand them a menu of the products that we carry, what sections would we have? Oh. Drinking, filter, softener, iron. Okay. So so how would we so where where would where would the um you know so so Bob you kind of threw all those in there. Would would those be in the main course or would those be kind of in the um you know, so I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, if some customers come into a restaurant and they buy an appetizer and that's all they want 
sometimes they come in and they buy an appetizer and dessert. They don't, they skip the main course entirely. Sometimes they come in and they buy an appetizer and the main course and then they don't want dessert, right? So when we're presenting to them, if we had those sections, you know, and, and, and appetizers sometimes are smaller and desserts are smaller. So we're maybe not doing it that same way, but, but we, so let's say we have a section for filtration right? That's one of their sections. A section for softening, and then a section for drinking water for the point of use. Does that make sense? On this menu, if we're picturing a menu that we had for, for the customers, we would have a filtration section, a softening section, and then a uh, drinking water section. Does that make sense to you guys, or would you suggest the different, different sections of the menu? I would actually uh, first come up saying, uh, uh, are you looking into the well water section or the sea to water section? Mm. And then we can break it down from there. Great. Good, good, good. So you have a municipal or so you might have different menu, just like you have a different lunch menu or dinner menu at a restaurant. So that's, right. that's excellent. That's and a very, very good thing. And then we can go further by asking what's their interest. Is it just in drinking or a whole house approach? Right. And that, so that's exactly what I'm looking at for the menu is because at a restaurant, that's what they do, right? They go through the sections and they tell you what their interests are. And Jose, you're kind of getting, getting ahead of me a little bit, but you're exactly right that because we don't have that menu that we're presenting to them, it requires us asking them that question, right? What, what are you guys... You know, are you looking, we, we have to ask what every, what at a restaurant they look at and see. We have to ask and find that out. Um, okay, so, so good. So we've broken it down so into, um, you know, municipal or, or well, so that's very good. Now, how, how would we, if we were writing on a menu, you know, let's say we had whole house carbon filtration, Okay. You know, when you see a sandwich, a burger described at a restaurant, it's got one or two sentences on it. What are the one or two sentences that we would put on a carbon filter? Now, we're, we're not going to talk company or brand name. So, so let's say it's a catalytic carbon filter. What are one or two sentences that we might put underneath that, that carbon filter? I would say, what contaminants are you looking to remove? Uh, you'd be specific, chlorine, chloramines, yeah. hardness. Yeah, I, I would too. I would put, that to, so under the description, I would say removes chlorine, chloramines, 1,4-dioxane, PFAS, or whatever, you know, whatever you're doing. And you could kind of do the same thing under the iron filter as well, Bob, right? So if you, you know, you put an iron filter in there, you could do the same thing. Or if it, you would have a neutralizer selection, in that filtration, right? And that could be on there and doing the same thing. Removes this and it's going to be a very brief description of what it takes out. Nothing, nothing major. You're not going to talk about it at a restaurant. They don't go through and tell you all of the ingredients of every, of the bun and where the lettuce came from and in the tomatoes. And, you know, they don't go through and give you descriptions of each item on it. It's just a brief, you know, this is a burger. This one has American cheese and bacon on it, and this one has, um, you know, a quarter pound of beef on it or whatever, right? So we're, that's, not, that's keeping you from getting too technical. Okay, so then we've got 
the the softening section okay and you know the water softening section which is going to you're going to do the same thing describe that and maybe maybe you have you know how in a restaurant sometimes you have combo plates you know where they they have maybe that's where you have the combos you know in that section and then you've got your drinking water section and you're going to kind of do the same thing okay so to your point Jose we've got we're not handing that menu we we don't i've never seen a a menu actually created like that though i think it would be something cool to create um jen i think you had suggested that one time that wouldn't it be kind of cool if you had something like that like a menu that you could you could hand to people and show them okay here's here's what we're going to talk about i'm going to test the water and we can kind of circle what we what we recommend and what would work for you, but then they have something like a menu that they can look at. A lot of us use brochures and literature that way, but the problem with the brochures and the literature is they're almost too, well, they're, they're either too salesy or sometimes they're too technical. I, I really like the idea of the one or two sentences, you know, that just talks about what it does. Um, you know, that, that, and then if they want more technical, you could go there. You know, sometimes when you're at a restaurant, you say, does that have a pickle on it? Does that have onions on it? And it doesn't say it on the menu. And the, you know, and the server may have to give you a little more information. Maybe that's what you have to do. But, um, you can answer those questions with, with the customer, you know, as the customer asks them. So, um, how do, if we don't have that menu, though, that we're physically handing to the customers, how do we how do we get that information from them? So how do we, how do we find out what they want? What's yeah, that? So, so this would be during the sales process where we ask questions. We, I mean, we can say, uh, "What are you looking for right now? Do you know what exactly we're looking for?" And if not, I can give you some ideas as to the options that people look for in this area. And you can give them, you know, three options. And then they say, well, I just like to, to have the drinking water because I spent too much money on bottles. Yeah. You start from there. And, you, and then you can also, you know, of course, explain the benefits of other things. And they can, it's like uh, going to a doctor. You know, they, the doctor is the one that tells you to get this brand. Um, you don't know what the brand is made of and who makes it. You just know that the doctor gave it to you and, and it should fix the problem. So it should be the, the, it should be the what, not the how. Yeah. So I think if we approach it that way, like this menu method, okay, where we go in and say, here, here are, you know, what are you guys interested in? That's the first thing. And then testing the water. But then we let the customer tell us which section they want to choose from. And you're right, Jose, that we can kind of use the sales process and suggest, you know, this, this drinking water system pairs really well with this uh, water softener and filter. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's just like a wine, you know, if you're suggesting a, a fine wine or whatever that pairs well with it. So, um, I mean, you can suggest that and offer, or maybe, like you said, they want the, um, you know, that's what they picked off that menu. They want that on the drinking water system, and you can pair with it a whole house carbon filter to take chlorine out even when they shower or whatever. But I think what is important there is that we have to listen to what the customer says. You know, a server, think about this. When you go to a restaurant, if you order the steak and the server says, you know, I really love the chicken, 
the chicken is what most people want. That's most people want the chicken and you're going, yeah, but I just, I ordered the steak. I want the steak. And then, but you still talk. I had the chicken yesterday. This is what I was eating yesterday. I had the chicken. It was so good. That's going to irritate the customer a little bit. They're, they're going to, yeah, but I want the steak. And so if, you know, that's not going to happen. I mean, if you had a server that did that, I don't think they would be serving very long, right? Yet I see salespeople do that all the time. The customer tells you or mentions that they're interested in, in, in the drinking water, the reverse osmosis. But salespeople feel like they have to go in and, and continue talking about the water softener all the time, you know, the, the whole time. So um, if we think, have that, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I think that, that the reason why we subconsciously do it is because we tend to think that they know nothing about this, which in most cases is true. So we want to really say everything so that they can choose from there, you know, rather than just going with what they're saying. But, but essentially, it, it, it does make them feel uncomfortable no matter what. So that's the point. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that we have to we have to think about the way consumers buy or the way we buy, you know, what would we do? How would we feel if, if that happened, if we went in and present, and sometimes we don't know what we want to eat and we may need a suggestion from the server, you know, so what's good. What are the specials? <laughs> you know, we ask that, right. It, you know, but you peruse the menu and go, Oh, that looks good. And so, so it is your job to kind of give them the options and let them choose and to explain what it is. But once they tell you what they want, go, we have to accept that, uh, assuming it's going to work, we have to accept that and, and not um, begin suggesting something completely different. So, um, so that's uh, – any, any thoughts on that? Jen, do you have anything to add to that? I think we may have lost you. Um, so, um, Stacey, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, your your thoughts? Um, when it comes to, yes, you do have to accept what they're <laughs> wanting, even if you, you know, know it may not be the best for them. But that's when, you know, when I tell them that they need to have a sediment filter on before that, you know, expensive softener that's going to take care of and oxidize all their iron, and they decide they don't want to do that, I make them sign off on it, on the paperwork. Okay, so... so, Yeah, and so that's, you know, that so that would be like an accessory, right? I mean, there there are times that people order a burger and they don't want the bun. (laughs) You're not making them sign off, but there's, there's, you know, it comes with the bun. And, but they don't want the bun, and that's okay if they don't want that. Now, I will tell you just on, on that one, the way I used to always word that, Stacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you called it a sediment filter as opposed to a pre-filter. A lot of people call it a pre-filter. And then you have competitors that sell against you and say, there's requires a pre-filter in order to make it work. Well, every water softener suggests a sediment filter, okay? Um, yeah. Because and no water softener that I've ever seen will um the warranty you know if you get sedimented in into the valve or whatever it's going to destroy it so they and, and the warranty is not covered under sediment sediment damage so i always tell people look it's better to have a, a sediment filter than to not have one i would always say it's better to not have one if you're not going to change it 
you know, so if you have it there, you have to be willing to change it. And you also have to understand that that um, if you, you know, have big chunks of debris or something like that that gets into this thing and, and causes a problem, then it's not going to be covered under the warranty. So, um, you know, that's a way to remind them. And that, that's also if your company offers a, a service history, you know, well, how do we know when to change it? Well, we'll change it for you. We can we can put it on the alarm. You know, do you guys do service like you regular annual filter changes? So in the not world that I grew for, up in. Not for sediment yeah, filter. You know, it's so weird because when when I was when I started in sales, um, mm-hmm. I, nobody ever. The, the, I can't re- think of anybody ever that had us had the company that I worked for. We we never went out and changed. In fact, people changed their own RO filters. They'd come in and buy filters and change them themselves. Nobody ever oh, yeah. had us come out and change filters. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. And and you know now I'm working with this other client. That uh, and Jose, you're on Long Island too, right? They, uh, they, yeah. everybody has you change filters here. I mean, it's like they, um, it's like the 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 very thought of changing your own filters just freaks people out sometimes. They're they <laughs> like it's incredible, but um, it's it's uh, it's just interesting in different areas of the country the way different consumers are or the way different companies are set up. Do you do you have a lot of people that change their own filters, Jose? Yes, I do actually um um Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually making a point that that's that's uh that's a plus for them in case they want to do that. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh even though it may be very easy to change, they some of them are completely uninterested. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Really yeah, absolutely. It's it's totally true. All right, guys, listen, I, I think we lost uh, a few people there, but um and that's that's all I had to say about it. We're about on the time anyway. So do you guys have any final con- comments or thoughts? All right. So good enough. Um you guys uh thank you very much for joining us and those of you listening live and as well as those of you listening via recording and we will talk to you next week if not before. Be safe everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye.